Hello, and welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are faculty and faculty developers at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And today we are going to be talking about the faculty evaluation plan, aka the FEP. So we are so excited to have a conversation today about our uh, FEP, um, also known as the Faculty Evaluation Plan, and we're really looking forward to having this conversation on today. So Beth, can you tell us who will be joining us? We have two guests with us today. First, we have Elisa Cooper. Elisa returned full-time as an English professor at Glendale Community College in fall of 2019, where she teaches hybrid and online freshman composition, journalism, and literature courses. She previously served a four-year term as the faculty director of the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Engagement from fall of 2014 to spring of 2018. Welcome, Elisa. Thanks for having me, Beth and Tanisha. And we are also joined by Kurt Shinneman. Kurt is a residential faculty member in the Communication and World Languages Department with Tanisha. Yes. And he focuses his work on the performance of communication. Kurt holds a master's degree in speech and communication and an MFA in drama. Uh, Kurt has won the prestigious Golden Monograph Award, one of the highest honors the National Communication Association offers, which is awarded to the most outstanding scholarly monographs. And currently he's got two essays coming out in print. One of the essays asks how divorce is contagious and the other examines the art practice of whitewashing. And in 2021, he was selected to be the faculty evaluation plan faculty developer at GCC. So we're excited to have both these guests with us. And we're talking about our faculty evaluation process at GCC, mainly because, and anyone can feel free to jump in here, but mainly because we believe self-evaluation could be a more meaningful process. Um, also, we believe that good news about our faculty could be shared more widely. I know that Elisa has been kind enough to ask me to read uh, previous faculty evaluation plans that she has completed, and I'm always thinking, wow, when I read all of the things that she is involved in, and then sometimes I feel like I'm the only one who knows that and maybe one or two other people because she's not bragging about herself. And I feel like we could be bragging about her. Um, so acknowledging the hard work of our colleagues, also knowing that that might help a little bit with engagement and Kurt might have a little bit more to say about that. Um, and then Kurt, I don't know if you remember this, but Kurt and I worked on our institution's HLC argument together, and we worked on Criterion 3, which is about teaching and learning. And some of the items that we had to gather were about, well, what, what are our faculty engaged with when it comes to academic and creative works? And that was not really a super easy list to find anywhere. I mean, it was basically word of mouth. Well, I heard so-and-so was doing this. Well, I heard so-and-so was doing this. Well, I know so-and-so is doing that. Um, so it would be nice, it, like, it would be nice if we knew more, I mm -hmm. think, about the amazing things that our faculty is doing. So do you have anything that you want to add to that, Elisa or, or Kurt? 
Um, no, I, I would I would agree. I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of people that are doing amazing things, and unless we drag it out of them, you're right. We don't we don't hear about it. So yeah, I could see how our plan could change, our program could change to to highlight that. Kurt. Hi. Well, you know, faculty evaluation is really essential to our growth as faculty, as teachers, as professionals, and assessing what we teach and how effective we are in our field. It's a way of looking backwards at what we've done, but also it is a plan. So we need to look forward to what we want to do, what we're looking forward to doing, what we're looking to develop. So I like to think of the FEP as a way of looking backwards as much as it is a way of looking forwards. And what you're going to be doing helps uh, plan what you're going to focus on, what you're uh, going to keep yourself out of and, and into and keep you avoiding burnout and yet keep you inspired to teach another 25 years. Oh, that sounds good. Um. And we know that our listeners are coming from institutions that probably have a lot of different systems of faculty evaluation. So we're going to talk specifically about what we do at GCC. And in a lot of ways that will relate to the Maricopa Community Colleges because um, some of what we'll talk about, all of those colleges do. So glean whatever nuggets you can from this. Okay. So Kurt, what does the research say? about faculty evaluation? Well, Beth, uh, the research is pretty uh, specific in that there's a lot of things that we look for when we're evaluating faculty. And they've really dug down to point out that the best faculty evaluation process or criteria is one that assists faculty to maintain their teaching effectiveness and also adapt to future innovations in their own specific field. So in a way, it is looking at evaluation in a systemic process as a system. And our FEP has the faculty look at their committees, their students, their uh, effectiveness in the community, and not just simply their discipline. To do that, they put together a team of two more people, minimally. They can have more if they want, and those can be within the field. They can be alumni. They can be uh, people from another department, and they help motivate the faculty to look at areas of evaluation that the faculty member wants to excel in or get better at or refine, and that faculty evaluation plan is self-driven with the guidance of those team members. And then they write this up every three years so that it's submitted to the department chair and then to the vice president of academic affairs. And they get to use this as a way of looking back on how well they've done, but also a way of looking forward to where they can excel, alter, and challenge themselves. Does that answer your question, Beth? Yes. You know, I think it's interesting, Kurt, that you say, you know, you speak about it as a, uh, a plan. And I think that a lot of faculty that uh, started with just the FEP part of it, and we're going to talk about the two parts, right? But um, I don't think a lot of us look at it as a plan. Like when you said that, it made me think, huh, I sort, you know, tend to look at it as 
oh, I have to do an FEP this year. I better make sure that I'm you know, doing enough that I'll have something to write about. And so then for me, it's more of a reflection. You know, when I look at, you know, what did I do for professional development? I'm like, oh yeah, I went to a conference and I think about the workshops that I may have attended. And so it's interesting to hear you talk about it in a different way. Well, and we like to think of it as a complex system that allows the faculty member to take into account all of the relationships of their job and where would they like their job to go? They might change committees. They might change a discussion in another subject area. I was doing communication, and after a while, you can only do so many speeches. So you're like, where else can I go? So I looked into teaching storytelling. I looked into teaching film. So I have areas where I could cover and advance so that I that would maintain my enthusiasm for the students, for the class. And it was built into my plan so that I could help guide my team and they helped keep me sharp on what I wanted to do in the future. And I really like the team aspect of it. I think sometimes people forget about the team portion of it and how that team helps you with the reflection piece and could also help and could also potentially help you with kind of more of that exploration piece, right? When you're kind of starting to look forward into other areas that you could really investigate. I think that's really neat that it's, it's not something that just happens in isolation when it comes to the plan, you're actually really working on it together with other people to help you to develop and to grow and to maintain your teaching effectiveness. So I think that's something that I, I really appreciate about, um, the process from what you explained is that it, 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 there is a team component and it's not just the faculty member in a corner, you know, with their computer in the dark, trying to put it all together, but that there are other eyes and individuals who are also taking into consideration the work that you've done and also where you could go in the future. So that's really cool. What I really like, Nisha, about the team effect is that they don't have to all be faculty members or administrators. I was talking with some faculty in automotive and that they were thinking that they only had to use their own faculty to evaluate their plan. And we pointed out that the FEP allows them to find people in the business. So that really excited them because then they work with people like Toyota and Ford and General Motors to go find people in the field. What's changing in the field with electronics, with uh, e-cars, for example? And they were like, oh, this could be great. What's the next step? We can get them on our team to find out ways we can connect our students better to the next employment and that really excited them because they're a small department and it gets a little bit uh, like an echo chamber when they're only speaking with their own faculty. So the team really helps you expand who you're interacting with across the campus. Yeah, and I'm just going to echo what Elisa said earlier. Kurt usually gets me to think about something in a different way, you know, where, um, you know, I agree uh, talking with him gives ideas about things and just the fact that it could be looking ahead, right? I think that when we submit our faculty evaluation plan, there is a section of it that asks us to kind of look ahead and, you know, what what are our goals for the next cycle, right? I like to think of it as a cycle. So go ahead, Kurt. If I also add on that cycle, it's not a three-year plan. It's a, a cycle that you have to turn in a report during 
three years. So somewhere along those three years, you turn in your report minimally. You could do one every year if you wanted. Some people have difficulty thinking three years out. So And keeping track of everything you've done over three years can be complicated. And then your FEP ends up looking like a, a CV or a curriculum vita or a resume. And it's not that. It's to reflect and look forward to evaluate and point out your challenges to look at where your growth is, how you're developing as a faculty member, not just simply a report or a compliance of here's all I've done to meet our agreement. So I like to think of it as the team is a set of mentors, a set of uh, friends, a set of guidance, a set of uh, plans to go on a trip together to some new destination to keep you excited about teaching in the classroom or teaching online or uh, finding a new way to pass your spark to the students. Okay. Let's back up just a tiny, tiny bit. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, personal experience with evaluation process and what GCC currently does. So Tanisha, can you talk to us about um, the first five years after a faculty member gets hired at GCC and what that evaluation process is like? Uh, Yes. Uh, The first five years that a faculty um, member is hired to the the college, one of the things that this faculty member uh, works on for the first five years is what's called an individual development plan, also known as IDP. So this plan is where every at the end of every year, you submit things like, for example, um, things that are related to areas of like service and professional development. So you might, for example, mention places where you serve. So things like committee work is an obvious example. Professional development could be things like workshops, seminars, conferences, presenting at conferences. It also includes evaluations from the chair and the VPAA or the dean and the faculty's chosen mentors. And the entire process is really all about, I I feel like similar, it sounds like similar to the FEP where you take a moment to reflect and look back on the work that you've done for the year. And then you have the opportunity to really think about your future and think about maybe some of the areas that you want to stay in and maybe some of the areas that you want to explore a little bit more. So that's kind of what the, uh, the individual development plan is. And, and it sounds like it's, it's very similar to the, the faculty evaluation plan. Uh, the main difference being that when it comes to the faculty who are first starting for the first five years, they submit something every year for, for five years. And then after that, then once every three years, that's when they're going to submit the faculty evaluation plan. So that's the best way to really describe it. So I've been through the process and, you know, I remember taking time throughout the year to address all of those service areas. And and it really does give you the opportunity to really think about what you've done and really think about where you're going. So and then it also reminds you of some of the stuff that you did because sometimes you forget. You're like, oh, I did do that. Or, oh, yeah, I did make that presentation. I almost kind of forgot about that piece. I'm glad I, you know, doc- I have it documented so that I can look at it and see the work that I did. So. Okay. And Tanisha and I started the same year here. So we are IDP buddies with each other. 
And we are even currently doing faculty evaluation plan work sessions with each other. Every couple of weeks we get together to write. Right. And it's, it's really, really helping us. Okay, so Elisa, now you've been at GCC long enough that you did not participate in the IDP process, right? Correct. So when you started, everybody was doing faculty evaluation plan typically every three years, even though Kurt tells us it could be more frequent than that. Um, so, you know, besides, you, you said earlier that you really tended to think about the FEP as a more reflective piece. When, when you get ready to start working on your FEP, besides being reflection, are there other things you're thinking about? Or when you know you've got one coming up, in three years, let's say, do you, when do you start thinking about it and when do you start working on it? And tell us a little bit about your process. Well, I mean, you know, I have to be honest, when I hear that it's my turn again, I groan and I say, didn't I just do it? And I, you know, have to look it up to see because it feels like I just did one. But I think, you know, when I started, we didn't have the same organization and structure and guidance that they have now with the IDP. So I can literally remember when I started and three years later, someone said, you have to do an FEP. And I'm like, what is that? And they just handed me this handout. And it was at the beginning of the year, but then you sort of put it aside and you get a reminder at the end. So I think I was trying trained, like along with everyone else, that this was just something you did at the end of the year and you better hope that you did enough to fill it out. And so we never, it was never sort of coached that we should really look at this as a plan and start early and you know, say to yourself, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this as part of my evaluation plan. Um, but luckily, I did find it as a, a very useful tool. I mean, I did learn early on that in a lot of cases, and it's not necessarily the case here at GCC, um, but a lot of cases, they don't even really look at all of the uh, the FEP work that you've done. They look at the last sheet that gets has the summary on it, right? And so I, I feel like once people realize that, that there's less effort that might be put into those. Um, I remember being shocked here when Eric Lashinsky, who was the VP at the time, actually read my FEP and provided feedback. I thought, wow, someone's actually reading this. But I found the experience to be valuable to me, so I've always taken it, it seriously. And so what I do is when I know it's my turn, it's time to start blogging because I think that's the best way to, to collect all of your reflections. And so I just have blog posts and anything that fits within a particular area, if it's about teaching and learning, and I tag it FEP teaching and learning. So at the end, when I'm ready to submit my FEP, I have all of these blog posts. I did the same thing when I was on sabbatical, but I had all these blog posts and I could see uh, there was a, a conscious effort to make sure that I participated in the areas that I was going to be evaluating, uh, evaluated on. And it's interesting that, you know, now that we're sitting here talking about this, you know, the IDP is Individual Development Plan. And this is kind of where I was surprised by the way Kurt was talking about the FEP, which is the Faculty Evaluation Plan. To me, it looks like, it sounds like, without doing the research, that I should be evaluating, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing in that particular year. I mean, yes, I need to have a plan so I know what to evaluate, but I look at it as the plan's already set up. You're going to look at all of these areas. You're going to, you know, there's optional errors. There's committee commitment. You know, it's all, to me, that's the plan. And I just need to make sure I'm participating. So that's been my experience. 
Hmm. Kurt, I'm curious what you're thinking when you hear that. <laughs> well, I completely understand both Tanisha and Elisa's uh, positions because when I started, we didn't have the IDP, the PAR, and you were just simply as faculty thrown into the mess and you had to figure it out. And then we developed the PAR and we had in about 2005, 2006, fixed the FEP so that it wasn't such a cookie cutter as simply coming in and evaluating someone's teaching in the classroom. We looked at a lot of different approaches to faculty evaluation, and we found that the best one would be designed by the person who knew the subject the best, the faculty, the single person who was ahead of their team, and they would gather their mentors to be able to decide how they would be evaluated. What were they really going to look at? Because we decided back in the 2000s that you're a faculty, you're a professional, therefore you are the best already. We know you're a good teacher. So how would you evaluate your strengths of your performance? How are you evaluating your knowledge and how you're gathering more knowledge and that you understand how you can motivate yourself better with those team members you like to work with most. So the FEP was originally created to help us learn something new about our own performance, to help us uh, find information in teaching that we needed to expand on for ourselves that might cross boundaries of different disciplines because we often end up being siloed. But it should only be done every three years so that we can reflect and reevaluate and plan for the next one. That this isn't a one and done kind of activity. It's not just simply putting together a tenure package and saying, oh, good, now I can rest on my laurels. So this is a constant change that we're moving forward, and it helps motivate us with that change. So that's really what the FEP is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I am really kind of curious, um, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about the faculty evaluation plan this year. Kurt's role is a new role that kind of came out of some conversations that we had a year ago. Um, and, and, and really that probably was born out of conversations faculty were having in the hallways with each other about their FEPs, if we're honest here. Um, so, you know, as we talk about offering more support to faculty who are working on their FEPs and maybe even um, trying to make them even more meaningful. What are some things that we hope will come out of these increased conversations? And um, yeah, I guess just what, what are we hoping for? Well, in the past, as we were kind of suggesting, this was fairly administratively driven where we were told, you're doing your FEP this year. And we would be given a form, oh, at the end of this year, you need to turn in your FEP. But now we're giving it back to faculty as the resource person. I can now tell the people, this is your cycle and it's going to be very open. You can see where you are on the cycle and you can do it at any time, but it has to be done before a certain date. And then when it is, then we can look at that data and we can see, oh, great, look at all the amazing things our faculty are doing and share that. It's also not just about learning and service, but it's about assessment and all the assessment you're already doing in your course or your program development or your revision of your courses. And what do you want to do next year with that program assessment? 
and your participation with the college. What are you going to do next year? How is your participation changing? We know you are on these committees. What committees do you want to be on next year? So we're hoping to have those change to actually improve engagement, to get people excited about being part of the GCC community, to find the engagement with other faculty that they normally probably wouldn't have ever engaged with. You know, this is a great way to have people advance and change and drive their own development. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Elisa, what are you, what are just, you hoping for? Yeah, I was just going to add that just having Kurt do what he's going to be doing is going to be helpful. Because just here listening to him talk about how what he <laughs> was saying it's supposed to be, I'm like, I never thought of it as that. But I think now that we have this person in, the, in that role, that more people will maybe ask and inquire about, well, you know, what, what is this really supposed to be? And so we have like a champion that's going to coach, just like I think the IDP process was very structured and coached, and there's lots of support there, where there was none of that for those of us that have been here forever. And now I think that piece is being added. So on top of there being additional support for the old people, I think the new people are already in the system. You know, they already know what's kind of expected and what the idea behind these two plans are. And so I just think they're all going to be better now. Mm-hmm. Great. Tanisha, are you like, what are you, do you want to respond to that? Are you, what are you hoping for? Yeah, I can definitely respond to that. Um, I, I think Elisa said something that really, I believe is really going to make a difference, which is the support because we were a part of that, that, you know, the first five years you're here, you're doing the IDP and we did have that support. We had a, a specific person who was assigned to support us, right? They're, they're, they were the coordinator. So they were the person who kind of informed us that we needed to get this done in the different pieces. And also, you know, was that, that person who encouraged you and was a, a great resource for if you had questions about like, especially the IDP process. And I think it's going to be helpful having someone who in Kurt's role, who's going to be providing that support also for those who are part of the FEP process, because just speaking from my own personal experience, it really, really, really makes a difference having that support because transitioning from that IDP and having that support and then coming into this FEP process, you do notice that huge difference. And kind of when we first started, uh, I feel like when we first started trying to put the FEP together, um, it was a different experience because we didn't have that coordinator at first because I, I, I believe Kurt wasn't in his role quite yet. So it's kind of like you're you're feeling your way in the dark <laughs> trying to figure out how you're going to put this together, what it's supposed to look like. And, and it just it's just you feel like a little lost, you know, without having someone who's like a point person compared to having Kurt in his role now where you have a point person where if you have questions, if you need that support, if you need ideas, if you need just a little bit of motivation to help you to kind of get it started, then you have that support that's there. So that's one thing I'm hoping to to gain um, in this process now that Kurt is in his role is definitely taking advantage of the fact that we have someone who's there to, to help in the process. Awesome. Well, I greatly want to point out the idea of the resource person isn't actually new. It's been in our FA, our faculty agreement. It was also in the previous faculty agreement, which we often call the RFP. We just never used it. 
We never put somebody in there for this position to help answer some of these frustrating questions. And I think as being frustrated as I was, I was like, well, if I'm frustrated, other people must be too. So if you want it fixed, you might as well do it and help people. So I volunteered to be this resource person. Because one of the things I think we get a lot of questions about is, how do I get people to come in and evaluate me as a teacher? In the PAR system, people come in and evaluate you often. In the FEP system, you can choose to have someone evaluate your teaching in the classroom, or you can choose to have them evaluate you in another way. If you're teaching online, they can come in and watch your class online or look through your online structure, or you get to ask them questions on what you want to look for. And it's a little bit more professionally driven by the faculty's pedagogy. And also another one is, do I want the students' uh, input? Where, What type of student input do I want? Because not all student evaluations are going to be appropriate. If you're teaching a lab class, evaluations are a little bit different than if you're teaching a lecture class. What type of input do I want from the students? And so as a resource person, I can guide faculty to answer some of those questions that they may have. Great. Well, we, we are excited to see what's what's going to come of the conversations and, 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 and how faculty are going to maybe modify their practices um, or, or, you know, how many faculty might be texting you a few days before the FEP is due. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know that happens. (laughs) Oh, we've had a few workshops already where faculty have shown up uh, and we've discussed the FEP, where they are in their process and the different ways that they can report it. Uh, There is a compliance program, a a sheet that they have to push forward for signatures, but the other type of documentation that they can use can be online, can be digitized, can be media. So a few people are finding photographs or other types of evidence, not just simply bullets on a piece of paper to uh, support their progress, to support how they evaluated, how far they've come and where they're going. Nice. It's nice having the different ways that they can be submitted. So, all right. Well, with that, we're going to actually segue into our next segment, which is what's on the radar. So uh, everyone's going to share what is on their radar. It could be professional. It can be personal. And we are going to start with Elisa first. Oh, what's on my radar. I think I'm looking forward to teaching my face-to-face class, which I just started three weeks ago without having to wear a mask after spring break. So that's on my radar. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you. Kurt, what's on your radar? Uh, Well, I have a play that's opened and it's about Lord Byron. And it's a fun, witty, uh, very hilarious uh, gathering about Lord Byron's memoirs. And it's going to be opening in New York City. Very excited about this play. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) That's really awesome. Congrats on that, uh, having that opening uh, on Broadway. Thank you. Oh, it's not on Broadway. It's off Broadway. Off Broadway. It's still opening in New York. That's a big thing still. Yeah, that is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, congrats on that. 
Um, so I don't know how I'm going to follow that. Uh, <laughs> I know we should just close right now. <laughs> I know we should just end the show right now because I mean, mine is not as exciting, but, um, the thing that's on my radar right now is Harry Potter because, uh, for those of you who know, I'm a reader and I'm also a nerd. So I kind of felt like I can't really say I'm a nerd unless I've read the Harry Potter series, which I have not read all seven books. So I am currently on book number four. So I'm, I'm very super excited that I'm making my way through the books because those who know they're not small. Some of these books are not small. And I got so far I have reached a pretty thick one, which is number four. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but right now that's on my radar is I'm just kind of work, working my way through the Harry Potter series so that I can put that nerd feather in my cap um, and just kind of get through it. But so far it's not too bad. I really like it a lot. So we'll see where it goes. Good for you, Tanisha. Thank you. It's not as exciting as a play in New York, no. but you know, you know. <laughs> oh, is it? And now let's just end with, is it bad if I say I'm looking forward to spring break? No, it's not bad at all. Is <laughs> there anyone else in the audience looking forward to spring break? Yes. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just look forward to that sleeping in and relaxing a little bit. And I hope to uh, shut off the brain and just... Oh, take some deep breaths. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. good. That yeah. sounds nice. I think that's when I'll read a book about having fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got just the book for you. Oh, send it this way. Up, upcoming book group we're going to do this summer. Ooh, sounds talk, like fun. We'll talk about that coming up. Okay. Okay, we need a, we need a nugget today, and we're going to turn it over to Kurt to give us a nugget. What, what's our takeaway for our audience listening today? Well, I believe in Noah and traveling two by two, be in Paris, so I have two nuggets. Teachers, you are the subjects of your measurement. And number two, remember that the best plan looks backwards as much as it looks forwards. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing not not one, but two nuggets. So bonus, bonus bonus nugget. Bonus nuggets, so which is even better. So <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. So with that, thank I think you. that's all we have. So thank you so much, Thanks Elisa, for joining, for joining us. us. Thank you so much, Kurt, for joining us and for being a part of our show on today. I hope that you enjoyed the show as well and you had some takeaways uh, from what was said today and also from our nuggets. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for your support. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to join in, connect with us on Twitter. Follow at Two Profs in a Pod or leave a comment on our blog at twoprofsinapod.blogspot.com. Remember, spell out the number two. Other ways to show your support? Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, write a review on Apple Podcasts, or tell your colleagues about the show. Two Profs in a Pod is hosted by Beth Ayers, English faculty, and Tanisha Baca, communication faculty. The podcast is edited by Cheryl Colon, instructional developer, and is brought to you by the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Engagement at Glendale Community College in Arizona.